0: You are listening to Explore by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy management for committed athletes and coaches.
1: Hello, my name is Richard Moore. I'm with Lionel Bernie. Hello, Lionel. Hello, Richard. And what are we doing, Lionel? What what's the purpose of this episode?
2: Well, this is the return of Explore, which has been on hiatus since a little bit earlier in the year. My last episode was the interview with Rolf Smith when I went down to the south coast of England and talked to him about his very interesting lockdown project? That was in uh, around May June time, wasn't it? Uh, but we're we're back with a mini series of explore over the next few weeks.
1: We are indeed. Uh, we've got uh, certainly four episodes coming up over the next uh, well four weeks. Take you through November as the winter months sort of begin and uh, it gets darker in the evenings. Our minds can wander to. Um, exciting cycling adventures. Um, in this episode, we'll be looking at our own riding. You and I went to the north of France recently for paris Bay, and on the day before the women's race, we went out and wreckied some of the pave, didn't we?
2: <laughs> we did. Was that a recce, I suppose? It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we dipped our toe in, didn't we? Really, we we were it was we certainly were a rattle. <laughs> it was a rattle. We were we were scared back from the the deeper waters of the uh, the pave, weren't we? By the severity of the cobblestones, uh, which I'd forgotten about. I've ridden the uh, cobblestones a fair few times in the past, as you'll hear. But uh, yeah, they can they can well they could, they were shaking my brain against the inside of my skull. It felt like at times.
1: Yeah, it was my first time on the proper pave and it was a rude awakening and it's well it's interesting to hear back just how how hard we found that but it's an episode of three parts because the, the next two parts are my recent trip to Veneto and apologies for my varying pronunciation of Veneto in this episode I was learning the correct pronunciation as I, as I went along and then I was firmly put in my place when I got back by Daniel, inevitably, Um, but I was in Veneto for Filippo Pozzato's new week of races and riding, so you'll hear me try a bit of gravel riding and uh, also taking part in Pozzato's Gran Fondo later in the episode. I should explain, um, during the Gran Fondo we hear quite a lot from Guy, that's Guy Franzen, the head of sport at HET Newsblad, who is also the bicycle guy, It's clever play on words there. Um, he writes a, a column every Saturday in Het Newsblad about all things cycling, not just the sport, but um, cycling for kids, cycling infrastructure. And it's a very popular column um, that he writes, The Bicycle Guy. So that's a big part of what he does. Um, we'll hear from Ivan Basso in that, in that part of the podcast, from, uh, um, uh, from Filippo Bozzato himself as well, of course. But had a lot of fun uh, that week in Bassano del Grappa. Um, and I'm actually you might hear some background noise I'm currently in uh, Provence in Vaison-la-Romaine uh, where I've been riding this week avoiding Mont Ventoux um, which has been a lot of fun I mean the roads around here are great for riding on why ruin it by riding up Mont Ventoux was my, my attitude this week
2: Well we featured Hannah Troop riding Mont Ventoux in an episode of Explore last year didn't we so you know, you can not have too much of a good Done thing it.
1: Been done, been done. Oh, uh, so uh, coming up later in the series as well. And uh, next week we are going to hear from Mark Bowman, who recently did his first ever organized race, GB Juro, and he kept an audio diary for the cycling podcast. So that completes a circle because the first ever episode of Explore was an interview with Mark Bowman about his round the world record-breaking ride a few years ago. In the third episode of Explore, a really fascinating episode with Adam Bowie, one of our producers, who. Well, I'll not spoil it, but Adam became a new man over the last year or so, and um, this uh, episode of Explore will document his ride down the Killing Alfred's Way, which is not a ride I was familiar with, but it's a, it's a great episode with uh, the story of that adventure, plus Adam's own story about just how he has transformed himself over the last 18 months or so. So lots to look forward to in this mini-series of Explore, but shall we crack on, Lionel, and head over to the north of france and the cobbles of pierre bay
2: yeah let the air out of our tires a little bit so we can cope with the pavé and which sector are we heading to first well it will be uh, it'll be a tough one that's for sure there's no easy sections of pavé in northeastern france paris weekend starts here, Richard. What's the plan?
1: The plan is, Lionel, to head out from here, we're seeing Valenciennes, um, to try and do the first few sectors of Pave that the women will do tomorrow.
2: Right, which are? Do you know off the top of your head which ones they are? Well, we'll find out, won't we? The road will take us to the pavé
1: yeah, yes I do Lionel they're the sectors 17 16 <laughs> 15 and 14 I believe
2: and there, uh, we're with Simon Gill photographer extraordinaire and he's wearing a mid 80s Tour de France green jersey the sort of thing that Sean Kelly would have worn
1: I would actually put it before the 80s it's an acrylic material um, which uh
2: it could be could be any time from 79 to 83. That which, jersey with that which badge on it. The fake jerseys? Should I put on? Oh, they're not necessarily fake, Simon. Not considering the price you paid for them. <laughs> I think they're I think they're genuine. It's not to be revealed. <laughs> it's a it's a price secret. Were they eBay purchases? They were eBay purchases. yeah. They leapt out of me, and I thought they'd look good on um, the wall of my cafe. Ah, oh, your cafe in. Uh, in Aldbury in Hertfordshire and you've got the green, the King of the Mountains polka dot and the white jersey I mean knocking on a bit now for the best young rider I'm afraid Simon although you are the youngest of uh, our little mini peloton rolling out
1: today Lionel I'm curious what, what are you like on the Pave? I imagine you are pretty, pretty, um, pretty useful on the Pave um, you've got uh, the attributes to make <laughs> you pretty handy Pave rider I would have thought pretty
2: useful well the first three letters of that word I
1: hope you'll flatten it before (laughs) the I'll smooth
2: smooth out the pavé for the riders tomorrow yeah don't worry Um, well as I'm very fond of telling people I've ridden the full 260 kilometre sportive run by the Velo Club Roubaix it was the hardest day i've ever had on a bike I completely underestimated the first hundred and so kilometers where there is no pave and you think oh it's flat it's not flat northern france is rolling as you know rich you live a bit further over to the west from here and it was uh, it was a great day's riding i was flying over the aremberg i felt really good and then gradually the the power meter my internal power meter began to fade and by the end i was i didn't have enough to power a very low wattage light bulb unfortunately i was
1: listening to mitch docker's uh, talking luft yesterday with hannah barnes would that be your war story that day
2: that yeah that would be my war story i'm quite proud of having ridden that the distance the difficulty by i mean there were so many things that happened that day it was it was held in june so it was a relatively warm day um my contact lenses fell out at one point because my eyes were just so dry and dusty. Um, someone actually overtook me riding along with just a seat post, no saddle. Their saddle had obviously snapped off on the on the cobbles at some point. Um, we saw so many crashes because you know, it is a challenge to ride these stones. They are not to be taken lightly. You have to treat them with respect and the counterintuitive thing is you do have to try and get up to a good pace and just try to cruise over the top easier said than done obviously um and i've lost a bit of weight lately rich as i'm sure you've noticed
1: (laughs) nothing of you um i i've never ridden on this pavé before i've never ridden on the the Bay pavé so this is a first for me today
2: but you've been doing some cobbles in belgium
1: they are another level up
2: they they are different until you see them and and ride them and, and experience that jarring um you don't really know what to expect. They're not as smooth and uniform as the Flandrian Cobble, so we'd probably better get on the road before the rain comes in this afternoon. approaching Arenberg from Wallers. You know it's coming because you can see the mine shafts in the distance so they disappear from view a bit behind the trees occasionally but they're always there on the horizon just the point that you're heading towards and that's where you know you're going to be approaching the forest of Arenberg, the trench of Arenberg and it's a downhill approach on really smooth roads got a bit of a tailwind here and you can see the level crossing just before and there's a sense of foreboding because the trees kind of envelop the road a bit and there's a what looks like a sort of rusty iron bridge that goes across maybe 100 or 200 meters in and it looks like there's quite a dip in the road as you hit the cobbles you go over the railway and then fans have been up early spraying Mitch, Mitch, Mitch for Mitch Docker on the road. And onto the cobbles. Oh, oh, and they're every bit as bad as I remember them. Oh, not the fastest entry to the cobbles there because there was a van parked in the way. Oh my word, the jarring on the arms and the legs is really something. There's big holes as well. The friends of Paris-Rubais, Les Amis and paris roubaix have cleaned up the cobbles, they say, but they're still rough, ready. Mud in between them a bit. Mossy grass. Oh, And the blurry road just stretches ahead of me. that's the famous section at Hornang. We're by the two water towers which mark the sort of halfway point of this sector. We're on a lovely smooth bit of tarmac. But I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that we've got about the same again to do. What did
1: you make of that? Horrible, horrible. I've got a headache. I've got a, I feel like everything's been rat- rattled up inside me and my bike. Worried about my new bike. But, uh, oh, grim, grim. It, it lulls you in, doesn't it? That's the first sector of uh, cobbles that the women will tackle. And it starts off very benign, very smooth. And you think, eh, this is all right. You know, because I've just tried riding an Arenberg and that was absolutely awful. I thought, this is okay, I can handle this. And then about halfway through, suddenly the cobbles turn into, well, the, the spaces between them are bigger and they're just rougher. And I got a real uh, shaking there
2: you get the occasional hard jolt as well don't you where your sort of elbows are on the cusp of locking and it's it, it's just a gradual wearing of it isn't it because it's not like riding through treacle because it's not smooth treacle is lovely and syrupy and smooth isn't it but cobbles are not but you can feel the pace dropping and the legs start to hurt a bit more your heart rate's going up the breathing's getting more difficult and it, once you're not on top of it you're just fighting a losing battle.
1: And what amazes me when I'm riding over it on my own like that is, you know, I can pick my line. Doing it in a bunch, where you've really got no choice about where you are, and you can't even look to see where the smoother line might be. You're at the mercy of, you know, whatever's in front of you, and you've got no no say in the matter. (laughs) That's horrendous. So uh, really looking forward to standing there tomorrow at that precise point and watching the riders come clattering over.
2: How many more sectors have we got on our ride apart from this the second half of hornang here?
1: I think we've got um half another sector on our ride <laughs> line on the basis of that because they're they're kind of optional we can We can do that <laughs> one, one member of our party is nodding enthusiastically at that but you know i I love riding my bike I enjoy riding my bike on on nice smooth tarmac um and i don't I love watching Pyro Bay I think it's brilliant but I, it's not that enjoyable to, to to ride over that that stuff, is it? Really? I mean, we we we, when we were at Arenberg. We saw three very fast, very fit-looking riders just just sail. It looked it looked quite easy because the speed they were going, they were they were kind of uh, skimming the surface in a way. That's what it looked like, and that that looked quite fun. But uh, nah, not for me, not for me, Clive.
2: No, you've got to be going well to be uh, really well to be skimming over I the commit, top like
1: that. And you got to commit really fully to it, and there's always a sort of little voice um, telling me that the faster you go the the more it'll hurt if you fall off.
2: That is a good point I hadn't even thought about falling off now all I can think is the fear of falling off having broken my collarbone earlier this year I don't want to do that again I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as an excuse to go a bit more slowly Here we are, Richard, back at our very charming guest house in Valenciennes after, what was that, 70-plus kilometre ride? A sample of the cobbles, a mere amuse-bouche compared to what the riders will be doing over the weekend. Uh, But we were saying, just as we pulled in here, not the easiest part of the world to find the most attractive roads. We were on a cycle track in the Undergrowth alongside the auto route. I thought you were going to take us onto the motorway
1: at one point. Uh, so did I. Um, yeah, it's not parts of, of this part of the world aren't that attractive, are they? It's not called the Hell of the North for nothing. Uh but uh I mean we 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 rode all of the first sector of Cobbles for the women's race and I'm stunned at how hard that sector is for the for the first section. It's gonna it could be decisive, you know, for, for a lot of people. Um and it seems odd to me that that, that's the first sector uh, and it comes quite early in the race Um, they're not not sort of easing them in gently at all so that's going to be carnage I think Um, and yeah just I mean it's something you you feel you have to do I've never ridden on the Pave you have so it was a first for me to actually ride on it I've stood by the side of it but you don't get a sense from the side of just how hard it is and Racing over it, you know, I mean, I, not we were racing over it, but I tried to ride quite fast over one bit and, and I almost lost control of the bike just because of the vibrations in my arms causing this strange <laughs> sensation. Uh, so it's, it's unlike any other kind of cycle racing challenge, really. Um, and it's going to be the women's race, particularly because it's uncharted territory, it's going to be absolutely fascinating for that.
2: Yeah, it's the contrast as well, isn't it, between the cobbles and then you get popped out. You almost get sort of slung shot back out onto some lovely, smooth suburban Mm. and country roads. Um, The surfaces are great, actually. Um, It was just where we got pinged onto sort of cycle tracks. Uh, There was some good segregated cycle track as well, wasn't there? Uh, We kept off the roads more or less, the busy roads more or less. Um, But I would say that um, if you are coming over to ride and sample the cobbles, come on the weekend of the race and just follow the yellow arrows and actually mm. um, just sample a chunk of the course in um, a great way. Sample, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a limit, isn't there?
1: If you are one of those people sitting at home preparing to watch on TV, uh, hoping for rain, take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself some searching questions, because. I wouldn't wish for rain for for anybody to ride on those bits of road.
2: I was that person until I rode it, yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I hope you're off to take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror, Lionel.
2: I am. I'll do that now, Richard.
1: (laughs)
0: The Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy Management for committed athletes and coaches. And now you can wear the Super Sapiens Energy Band, the first and only wearable that can display real-time glucose data directly from Abbotts LibreSense Glucose Sport Biosensor. The Super Sapiens Energy Band is available at Supersapiens.com for €159. Euros
1: thanks very much indeed to our title sponsor super sapiens uh, for continuous glucose monitoring It can help you with your riding whatever riding you happen to be doing for more information go to supersapiens.com and super sapiens are the title sponsor for the cycling podcast across all the shows that we do including explore so a big thank you to them beautiful Piazzola sul Brenta near Vicenza in the Veneto region in the northeast of Italy and for six days I'm staying in nearby Bassano del Grappa for three new races and a Gran Fondo which is tomorrow and which I am riding but today I'm waiting for the finish of race number two in this new collection of races it's billed this race today as the first professional gravel race it's mid-October, so a late finish to the season for some of the riders taking part, and they include members of Astana, Cofidis and Anter but the sun's shining, it's about 17 degrees, and it's extremely pleasant. All of these events this week have been organised by Filippo Pozzato, the former professional, a Milan-San Remo winner, and long-time favourite of the cycling podcast, affectionately known, of course, as the Peacock of Sandrigo. We rode some of the gravel roads or paths because some of them were very narrow yesterday in the company of Pozzato and Daniele Benatti as well. And I remarked to a colleague that although Pozzato was looking quite fit he wasn't very peacock-like in his all black and grey top and shorts. And my impression was that he hasn't been riding his bike all that much since retiring. I don't think he was riding much when he was a professional remarked my colleague rather dryly and a bit cruelly. We'll hear a bit from our gravel ride in a moment, but while we've been in the Veneto region, we've been visiting some of the many bike companies that are based and which are originally from this area. It really is an amazing constellation of some of the most well-known and revered brands in the cycling world, all here in Veneto. Much was made of the passion that runs through all these companies and the fact that this is because the founding family remains in control. But there's also a sense of family when it comes to their riders the professionals that they support and that are part of their family at cd there was a wall of fame with all the molds for the feet of the riders who wear cd shoes including retired riders pozzato's feet were there more recent ones like chris froome sonny colbrelli we actually saw a new pair of shoes being made for colbrelli by one of the sewing machine operators and we were joined on our tour of the factory by another of their riders Maurizio fondriest the 1988 world champion and the moulds of his feet were still there too. On our ride earlier in the day, I spoke to a member of staff at one of these brands, I won't say which one, who said that having the family in charge could be both good and bad. Anyway, back to Piazzola sul Brenta, where I'm enjoying a gloriously illicit post-11am cappuccino. Funny how it tastes better at a time when Daniel says you're not allowed to drink it. But Pazzato wants to put Veneto on the cycling map I mean, it already is, thanks to these iconic brands that we've been visiting, but also as a place to ride. And that's what this week is partly about. It's partly also about the off-road riding options, which is what today's gravel race is all about. But before we hear about the race, and when I last checked, Alexei Lutsenko of Astana was away on his own, and he'll be a very hard man to catch. Um, before we catch up with, with what's happening in the race and hear from some of the riders, let's hear about our gravel ride yesterday. Well, I would describe myself as a gravel sceptic. I love riding my mountain bike off-road and I've never really understood the point of a dedicated gravel bike, but that could be about to change because we've just left the Villiers factory on our Villiers gravel bikes. And we're gonna hit some sections of gravel that are gonna be used in tomorrow's first professional gravel race, which Filippo Pozzato is putting on here in the Veneto region. Villiers, we've just been a tour of the factory, fascinating company with a, a long history from 1906 onwards. Uh, started in Bassano del Grappa and in common with a lot of manufacturers, we had a tour of the Campagnolo factory the other day. Gravel is a, a huge part of their business now. It's really taken off and here in Italy, it seems very popular indeed. So could Veneto become as famous for its gravel roads as Tuscany is for its Strada Bianca? Luca from Villa, you gave us a tour of the factory and uh, we're running today some of the gravel sections that will feature in tomorrow's race, I believe.
0: Yeah, now we are uh, we started from Rossano and then we are uh, doing some gravel reaching the uh, Piazzolla Brenta is where the race uh, ride tomorrow. And then when we arrive in Prezzola, we do the, the loop, the final loop. They're making three uh, loops uh, at the end. Very beautiful uh, landscapes and uh, along the river and uh, very nice.
1: So the question I'm asking is, could the gravel roads of Veneto become as famous as the Strada Bianca of Tuscany?
0: Maybe it take a while, <laughs> but uh, the potential is really, really high here. So you can uh, see with your eyes uh, today and, and tomorrow in the race that is uh, really something really cool. So the potential is a high, so I hope so.
1: <laughs> OK, I think we're about to
0: hit our first bit of
1: gravel. This is single track yep. gravel here. We
0: start, uh, we start with a single track. But this is not part of the circuit of the, the race. I hope not. No, <laughs> no, no, it's. it's uh, but uh, also in the race there will, there will be a single track we, oh, really? we can see later. Wow. Now we start with a single track. We are starting in uh, Tedesco Brenta, that is a small town along the Brenta River, that uh, starting from uh, yeah the um, the Trento city mm. and go to the to the sea. <laughs> uh, here we have a single track and then we have both uh, a part a part of tarmac but with no cars and then uh, another uh, single track and then. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, pure gravel to the Piazza del Sud Brent and then we start the circuit. Can you tell me what's special about a gravel bike? Uh, of course, a uh, gravel bike is something that is really uh, big because uh, it's it's a discipline that is born, uh, I can say, many, many years ago, but in the year by year is uh, evolving and develop a new new system, new new components and new specific uh, tires, for example, handlebars, uh, the frame, because of the geometries and, and weights are little bit uh, different, uh, uh, forks uh, for uh, the shocks uh, absorbing, uh, etc. Uh, and uh, all the accessories like uh, bags, uh, like uh, lights for, for riding in the night, uh, so many, many different things. So uh, you have the feeling of the, the road bike because the drop bar, uh, etc. But geometry are a little bit uh, relaxed, so we have a shorter frame, higher frame, so you can uh, ride uh, hour, an hour and hour without problem. Mm.
1: So, so why a gravel bike and not a mountain bike just for the speed?
0: Well, if you're coming from the, um, if you're coming from the, um, the the road world, uh, it's something that is more close to the, the road bike uh, because the, the position position, the bike, uh, etc. And of course, on the speed uh, because the geometry and the, uh, and uh, the tires are a little bit uh, tiny, and uh, compared to a mountain bike, it's a completely uh, different speed. And, uh, of course, the, the legs matter, as always. <laughs> you've got a very
1: nice design here. Is that an off-the-peg, or is that a custom design yeah. you've got?
0: This is uh, the Jena with a Unico paint scheme. That is uh, our art artist, uh, series. This bike is painted from uh, uh, by Dustin Clay. He's an American uh, an artist based in Portland, Oregon. And um, yeah, and uh, he's uh, also um, our ambassador, brand ambassador, so we decide to... To, to paint this uh, white uh, yeah, gravel bike with a sort of a, a camouflage style, that is, uh, his, uh, you can say, his sign, his style is really, really, uh, you can recognize it from, uh, from hundreds. So, how,
1: how, how much? Uh, I've been hearing a lot about how. The, the gravel bike industry is really taking off. How 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 noticeable has that been over the last couple of years, and how much of the business does it account for?
0: Yeah, uh, you can imagine that uh, in uh, two years ago uh, for us the gravel bike was five percent of our turnover, and now in two years we get ten percent of our turnover. So we get a double uh, amount of, of bikes uh, produced, and now with the new rave that the bike is uh, we present a couple of years, uh, a couple of days ago uh, we. Uh, you put another segment another um, brick on the wall so we have a, a pure racing bike so racing geometries uh, light frame but with the white tires so uh, you know uci is open for for races and now we, we have the perfect product now for for uh, attending this this uh this um, this new new style of a race uh, and we suppose in another couple of years to to get the 20 percent of to know with the gravel bike
2: that's Seb Piquet, the voice of Radio Tour, to remind me to tell you that this episode of Explore is sponsored by the Hammerhead Carew. 2. The chances are, as you're listening to Explore, you love riding your bike as I do, and you may well have a cycle computer. And perhaps like me, you even wondered just how much further can this technology go? Surely we've reached the summit of what a cycle computer can offer us. And so I was really interested to see what the Hammerhead Carew 2 is all about. And this morning I went for my first ride with it. And so I can give my first impressions. And the first thing to say is that the setup process was really simple. I didn't have to plug it into my computer or anything. I just connected it to my Wi-Fi. It did a quick software update. And before I knew it, I was ready to ride. The Hammerhead comes with um, an aero mount and also an adapter, so you can uh, use a a more standard mount. So I've got the aero mount on my best bike and the other mount on my winter bike, and uh, so I can easily switch between the two. The most striking thing about the Karoo 2 is the display, which is really very elegant. And it's actually quite difficult to convey in words what it looks like because it's almost not like an electronic gadget at all. The screen has got a sort of matte finish to it, and the typography and graphics are really bright, clean and clear. And I found that you can display a lot of information at once, but it's not cluttered or confusing. So I was able to pick out some information at a glance without taking my eyes off the road very much. The touch screen works really well too. It was uh, pretty chilly this morning, so I was wearing full finger gloves, but it still worked well. But if you want to, you can go old school and use the buttons on the side to scroll through the screens. I've just got home and I've set up my Hammerhead account and I've linked it to Strava and my ride is already on there. It's just uploaded seamlessly. Um, One of the things I'm really looking forward to trying out next time I ride is the Climber feature. Uh, I'm going to plot a route on the Hammerhead dashboard and then apparently it will display the changing gradient and show me the profile of what's ahead of me and give me a distance to the top of each climb in real time. So I will have a go at that next time and I'll talk about that next time we are sponsored by the Hammerhead Karoo 2. For a limited time, all of you listeners can get a free Hammerhead heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karoo 2. Go to hammerhead.io right now and use the promo code cycle at checkout to get yours today that's a free hammerhead heart rate monitor with the purchase of every karoo 2 hammerhead.io is the website the promo code is cycle but this is just a limited time offer so if you want a free heart rate monitor with the karoo 2 go to hammerhead.io now and use the promo code cycle
1: Here we are on a real gravel track alongside the Brenta River which runs through Bassano del Grappa and goes all the way down to Venice. It's features in the opening to the Ernest Hemingway novel, of course, A Farewell to Arms. And loyal listeners will remember that back at the, the Giro in 2018, I believe, we got another Midwestern like Hemingway, Larry Warbass, to Read the opening passage to that book, which describes the scene from the house in which Hemingway stayed during World War I, and where Daniel Freeman and I stayed during the 27 Giro d'Italia. In the late summer of that year, we lived in a house in a
3: village that looked across the river and the plain to the mountains. In the bed of the river there were pebbles and boulders, dry and white in the sun, and the water was clear and swiftly moving and blue in the channels. Troops went by the house and down the road, and the dust they raised powdered the leaves of the trees. The trunks of the trees, too, were dusty, and the leaves fell early that year, and we saw the troops marching along the road, and the dust rising and leaves stirred by the breeze falling and the soldiers marching, and afterward the road bare and
1: white except for the leaves." That was Larry Warbass, a.k.a. Ernest Hemingway. And uh, the magnificent Brenta is now to my right. We've just crossed over it. Glittering in the sunshine. The autumnal sunshine. It's absolutely perfect weather. It's about 17, 18 degrees. There's a a chill in the air, but... It's just warm enough to wear short sleeves and shorts. And it's absolutely perfect cycling weather. My... uh, my reaction, my initial reaction to my first outing, my first outing on a gravel bike, I'm having my photograph taken at the moment, Mateo, um, first first time on a gravel bike, um, and as Luca said earlier, the main thing is the speed, it's, it's, it's much faster, we're in a group here as well, so it really feels like riding in a group on the road. There's much less margin for error than on a mountain bike, so we did tackle a small bit of single track, and it was slightly sketchy because, although the tires are much thicker than on a a road bike, they're much narrower than on a mountain bike, and I found that quite hard to manage on slightly rougher terrain. But on relatively smooth gravel, a gravel bike beats a mountain bike, and the speed is very, very exhilarating. As soon as it gets a bit rougher, though, I would opt for a mountain bike personally, but don't tell Villiers that. Because this is a very nice gravel bike that I'm on. Well, I will try and catch him. So we've got Daniele Benatti with us in the group today. We're still looking very fit. And uh, Filippo Pozzato. But Pozzato has spent most of the ride on the phone. So it's been difficult to speak to him. Obviously, a uh, very in-demand... He is organising three races this week, so I guess he's busy. We're on the gravel now that will feature in the race tomorrow. Um, how how's the race been designed for tomorrow? Have you had some help with that?
4: The, 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 the point most important is the, the, the final in the, in the circuit. The last uh, three, the three lap uh, final uh, is uh, more technical before is in the start is technical and after is uh, easy because he's in the in the in the front of laguna is uh, only direct for uh, too mo too many kilometers uh, he's not uh, he's not he's like this yeah and uh, after the final is i i think he's here this is the the final of the, the 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 race and the point is uh master technical is uh in one kilometer in front uh, of this
1: well i mean where, where does it differ from Strada Bianca? You've got the hills there, I guess. This is a bit the, different, isn't it?
4: Yeah, this is more different because it's more uh, more technical. Is uh, no, no in the in the in to other the, um, the the road, but uh, in the, when is it is technical? It's very technical. It's not like uh, mm. like Strada Bianca. Strada Bianca is normal road, but it's don't uh, we don't have the what is in English asfalto.
1: The 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 um tarmac yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not oh, a, uh, yeah. Yeah. um have you had a good response to the the first professional gravel race i mean have you been encouraged by that yeah uh,
4: the. The, the, the rider is happy for this, but the problem is the the, the material is uh, the, the team don't have the material. This is complicated for the start, but we want uh, starting for uh, forever the the, uh, have the, the 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 first uh, the first uh, race starting, and after I think in two three years is more uh, is more simple because now is a historical moment uh, the difficulty for the material because the uh, component don't have a uh, frame don't have uh, this is the big problem for the team
1: do you enjoy riding on gravel you've enjoyed r- racing in this race as a, as a pro uh, no I don't want
4: uh, doing the race I like uh, I like enjoy the, the, the gravel because it's different to the road it's, it's possible to enjoy the, uh, the, the the village the new 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 track new, new road in the, in the in the middle of the nature this is uh, more uh, beautiful uh, for uh, for the rider bicycle
1: great well uh Let's tackle this next section, <laughs> will The technical stuff.
5: <laughs>
1: that was Filippo Pozzato, previewing a section of the gravel race, and oh my goodness, it is very technical indeed. More like a mountain bike race on road slash gravel bikes. We're back on roads now. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting. A field of 60 they've got tomorrow. And I get the feeling that it's a bit of an experiment um, And expectations are adjusted accordingly As we heard, it was organised at quite short notice And there's a real problem with uh, materials Teams not having the right equipment And not being able to get the right equipment Marche were keen to put in a big... but some of the riders have been disappointed not to ride because they just don't have the the right equipment for them but yeah, very technical indeed, we're not going to see a a big peloton come out of that bit of single track there, it's going to be very interesting to watch, something completely different I'll be there to see it Well there goes Lutsenko heading out for the last lap on this uh, extremely difficult uh, circuit which uh, we did a bit of yesterday and I was quite surprised to see just how narrow the tracks and how technical the tracks were in places Um, we've got a long wait now until the the bunch comes through and I was surprised also to see that it is a bunch with when they last passed three Marché riders on the front there's a mini peloton not a lot of riders started this race about 35 but
0: um, I was
1: surprised to see them all together so let's see here they come now a rider from the Italian national team on the front an Antrimarché rider behind well, it's a group of about eight or nine, ten riders now. That is the that is the chasing group slash peloton. And you never know, they might catch him. Just over a minute, I made it. Could still be on. So there we have it. The Serenissima Gravel Race was won by Alexei Lutsenko. 42 seconds ahead. Well, oh, he would have won it by more had he not stopped and lifted his bike above his head before the finish line, but he won it by 42 seconds from Ricardo Minali of Intermarché, who won the sprint from that little chasing group behind with Nathan Haas of Cofidis, third. Let's hear from a couple of the Intermarché riders. First, Boy van Poppel, who was in that chasing group and in the end finished 16th, and then Taco van der Horn one of the favourites for today, who was 10th first Van Poppel and then Taco van der Horn, a stage winner in the Giro of course earlier this year
6: it was uh, quite an adventure we were only with 30 guys in the start but I think it was uh, more than enough because it was really fighting on the gravel uh, it was quite dangerous in the beginning because you go with really high speed and all the stones are flying everywhere so maybe it's a good idea to, I don't know, how to um, maybe a climb in the beginning or something to to stretch the bunch a bit more.
1: Because it was, uh, we rode some of the, 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 the route yesterday, it was quite narrow and quite technical, yeah. not not like a kind of normal gravel race.
6: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, also sometimes you don't know where to go <laughs> and then you have to, we went almost the wrong way, but uh, yeah, it was quite an adventure and uh, it was the last race of the season, and it was nice weather in Italy. So, uh, yeah, and also for our sponsors, eh? Cube, Cube, they make a big uh, investment in the gravel uh, bike. And then we can show it here with uh, new tires and everything, so. Uh, I was gonna ask,
1: what was your, what was the bike you were riding today? I mean, how was it different to your normal road bike?
6: Yeah, I think the geometry is a bit different. Uh, also because you, you can put a big, really fat tires inside and uh, for now it was maybe not necessary but maybe if there's mud you know you can uh, otherwise you the the mud gets stuck and the stones so uh, yeah it was nice
1: uh, and when did Lutsenko get away and how did he get away
6: yeah one moment uh, before the city we were racing full gas and then he tacked alone And uh, yeah, we were controlling with uh, three guys. I said uh, we to control a bit, like we give him one minute, but you know, it's Lusenko, (laughs) he's uh, really strong. And then one moment we need to push it and I was already uh, empty because it was a really long season for me. And uh, yeah, in the end uh, we had to take, uh, we need to um, gamble for the second place. So we slowed down a bit. And then, uh, so we can get uh, longer into the race with the whole team, and then in the end they start attacking, and then uh, in the end I, uh, Minali gets second. So, I think we uh, the best result that we could get.
1: Did you Did you enjoy it?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, quite a uh, nice atmosphere at the start. Everybody was smiling because nobody knows what to expect. Also, because you don't know the roads, like. Uh, Psychocross cyclocross, for example, is always the same lap, so you know what's coming up. But now you you don't know, you... Uh,
1: so would you like to do more events like this?
6: Yeah, who knows?
1: <laughs> as long as it's sun, sunny like this. Yeah, yeah. How did you find it? How was it?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, was okay. I enjoyed it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was nice. And uh, actually, was in the beginning, was uh, a lot of gravel and uh, oh was quite difficult and the last part was actually a lot, of, a lot of paved road and not really so much gravel uh, but it was still nice to do and uh, Lusenko was too strong but uh, uh, yeah it was it was, it was fun doing but it was was uh, it was hard yeah I did a recon on uh, Wednesday already I was here already so I knew what uh, was going on but we did quite easy in the beginning because it was still long and uh, uh, but the beginning was the hardest part actually, and uh, the latest part was just a lot of paved roads. But in the end, it was fun, it was fun to do, and uh, yeah, it was something, uh, was something different. So, uh, but yeah, it was only the original plan to only do for this, and uh, uh, but now I also ride on Sunday. So you're gonna ride Sunday as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, you know, gravel racing is obviously an evolving, an evolving thing. This, this the course here looked quite different to other gravel races i've seen have you ridden other gravel races as well
3: no this was my first one so this was also the reason i wanted to, to do it because I'm, i was curious about it uh, but yeah it's, it's different because uh, it's a lot of bike path so it's for for with people like peloton like today with 30 guys 40 guys then it's okay but you cannot ride with 20 guys here because uh, then it's only about positioning and uh, so then it's gonna be, they, they have to go for bigger roads. And uh, just if you have races like Port Epic or uh, the other Stade Bianca or the other gravel road races, it's all wider roads. And you can do that for just uh, only take that road for the whole course. Then it would be a nice gravel race, for my opinion. But today it was too, with a peloton like this was nice, but uh, the course was too,
1: too, too narrow. And how was the bike? Because you had a, a special gravel bike today as well.
3: Yeah, it was nice. Yes, it uh, was really uh, was really, uh, really, nice to, to ride on it and uh, I really did a bit too less pressure, I think, also in the tyres. Because it was nice for the first part with the corners and uh, the gravel, but afterwards it was really a lot of paved road. and I was expecting it to go a bit harder in the beginning, so I put in, didn't put so much in it but on the paved road it was a bit too soft but uh yeah you, it's also the first race so you have to learn about it a bit and uh think about it but but it's nice to uh to to uh to have the gravel bike and uh yeah it's, it's, it's something different And uh also for training or something it's uh it's uh, it, i really enjoyed it yeah. do you
1: i mean it's developing very quickly and the uci are bringing in a world championship is it something you'd like to do more of
3: yeah, yeah, I would like, I would love to do it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's uh, if there is a possibility and it's it's in my it's possible to do it in my uh, schedule for the road, then I uh, would love to do some uh, some some of the races. And I think for me it would be better if the race is a little bit longer, because uh, was uh, so for example if you have 200 t- more like the more more endurance. But uh, yeah, I would love love to do it. Yeah.
1: A nice to be back in Italy. Scene of uh, your your greatest triumph this year, I think.
3: That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love to be here. So I also went directly after Puri tour to to stay also at uh, the last part of the season. Also, a bit enjoying Italy, a bit of the holiday because now the weather is it's much nicer here to 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 end the season and to do some training than uh, at home in uh, ten degrees and rain. So uh, also because of doing next week still Trenta. So it's nice to be here for one week also to keep the engine going and to to to, to train this environment and instead of all of it
0: The Cycling Podcast is supported by Science in Sport. Science in Sport. Fueled by science.
1: Thanks very much to Science & Sport for their support of the cycling podcast. The the perfect way to fuel your adventures wherever they might take you. Um, If you want 25% off all your Science & Sport products, go to scienceandsport.com and at the checkout, enter the discount code SISCP25. Well, it's early on Saturday morning. Around 7.48am, to be precise, I'm in Cittadella for the start of Veneto Go, which is the Gran Fondo, 112 kilometers up to Bassana del Grappa, then uh, around a bit of a hilly circuit, the same as the riders will tackle tomorrow in the Veneto Classic. Um, around 200 riders today, apparently, four ride leaders Alessandro Balan, Ivan Basso Daniele Benati, and Fabian Cancellara I've opted to go with Cancellara um, so we'll see how that goes, I imagine he will be leading quite a big group so I imagine a lot of people will want to go with him, it's about 8 degrees at the moment but it's sunny I'm optimistic, I'm the only one with exposed arms uh, a lot of people dress as if it's winter, which is maybe how it feels for your average Italian. But legs, uh, overshoes, gloves feel a little bit underdressed. But never mind; I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, the the weather will be uh, getting much warmer as the morning goes on, up to 17, 18 degrees by lunchtime, which will be very pleasant. So, looking forward to a nice ride, and I'll report from out on the course Morning Hey, morning Morning, morning. morning. Filippo's joined us Looks like he's going well Yeah, I think so well, Guy, we've left Cittadella and the, the race, sorry, the ride has settled down, but it was a frantic start there, wasn't it? Yes, very nervous. Everybody, it
7: seems as everybody would be in the wheel of Fabian Cancellara. And Fabian said before, if you want to go, go. I do my own tempo. But
1: now Filippo Pozzato is moving forward. Well, it turned out, yeah, we've got Basso with us, well, even Basso, Basso. but in fact he's just pulled alongside you there, but yeah, the tempo they were setting was quite fast, but you've ridden in Italy before, and you said, you told, you warned me about this, you told me that these group rides are basically just races. It's as if their hormones are influencing
7: them enormously. (laughs) They are a band of wild horses, (laughs) and running to the stables. <laughs> I see a few women in the peloton too, and the same for there. They are localized from the men. So,
1: but but all this will change. This is after the first time. Well, it's settled down now a bit, and we we were saying we should we need Tim de Clark to get on the front and just uh, keep everybody calm, don't we? Yeah, we have to take the lead. As where's, we are. where's El Tractor when we need him? <laughs> round roundabouts is particularly hairy. It's like a race in the sense that you see guys going both sides round roundabouts. We are getting a bit of uh, support here. There are motorcycle outriders and the car, well the vehicles don't really have any choice but to stop and let us through. We are a marauding beast, about 250 odd riders. Um, A very exhilarating experience. We've been up the, uh, the first climb of the day, Azola, it was tough, uh, bit of a shock to system after some pretty fast roads, uh, I saw Ivan Basso moving up and I knew the climb was coming and it was narrow roads through a, a very dark tunnel at one point as well, so challenging. Guy, you actually came off on the descent.
7: Yeah, I was in the descent and... Uh Another rider came very close to me and he made a maneuver I didn't expect and so I fell on the ground and I think I had a high speed at the moment. But luckily my was a good fall. Nothing You're okay. broken.
1: You're tough. No shoulder. You're yeah. a tough Belgian. Okay, coming through Bassano del Grappa here. We've just stopped at some traffic lights. I I'd record about this because one thing I've noticed is the Italians talk all the time while they're riding. I mean, I'm riding behind Basso and he has been in animated conversation the entire ride. It's quite impressive. It's quite impressive and guys noted how how many of these riders are really fit. I mean, you can see on the climb they were they were, they were were in good shape. We were both uh, suffering quite a lot, quite visibly and audibly, I think. But there um, seemed to be a lot of very fit riders around about us. Bellissimo. Well, we've just uh, done the cobbled climb that we feared. Sharp little stones, very, very steep indeed. It caught a lot of people out and at the top we've stopped and that climb is called La Tiza two climbs yeah. still to come we're about 65 kilometres into the ride and uh, yeah they've set up a little uh, stop here but without any refreshments which is a bit unfortunate I wonder how the people who live here feel about the noise but we've got Basso and Pozzato has joined us now and uh, Fabian Cancellara is the, the main draw, it has to be said. Oh, the bass is pretty popular as well. Poor old Alessandro Balan. No one seems too bothered about him. He's, he's off uh, away in a group up ahead with uh, Daniele Benatti. I must say, this is unlike any other equivalent ride I've done before. and um, uh, It hasn't split into little groups. It's been fast. Uh, from the start, but the group has stayed together. There have been lulls letting people get back on if they were off the back. Um, but it's it's stayed together as one big group. It's pretty controlled, although pretty fast as well. So we're all together. Um, I think there are at least 250 people here. A little number of them off the road in the in the other group, but I would say 200 at least here. And it's it's a lot of fun. You just get swept along, but some of the old sensations that I had racing come back to me when you make a big effort to get near the front and then just kind of switch off for a bit, and you find yourself at the back. And there's always somebody trying to come around you, and On any of the uphills, you make quite a big effort to go past people and they just come thundering past you again on the descent. Yeah, it's all coming back. There's never a kind of easy moment. It's always nervous and tense, at least it is for me. I was never that comfortable in the bunch. Some people clearly, clearly are. And for some people, that's where they they make the gains they just uh, they can relax on the climbs and know that they'll come back on the descents it's a real skill 75 kilometers in and we stop for refreshments, drinks and some uh, lovely crusty white rolls with prosciutto ham and all kinds of nice um, sliced meat so that's very welcome indeed Cancelara, Basso and Pozzato very much in demand for photographs and so on but I'm um, going to try and grab a word with the, the organiser, the big chief Pozzato, find out how he's enjoying his day
4: yeah, I'm happy because the the guys is happy. And this is important for today. This is the the focus or or uh, or this day. I think uh, the sponsor is uh, is happy. Uh, I think it's the, the day for the funny, for enjoyed the, the cycling, and this is uh, very important for
1: uh, for today. You got nice weather for it, but very lucky. this is very lucky for great. the
4: weather because in October is not normal. Yeah, yeah.
1: But your home is pretty close to here, so you must know these. Yeah. Roads very well. Yeah, I'm
4: living uh, uh,
1: when I stay in Italy. I'm Living in uh,
4: in Marostica, and uh, it's uh, it's near uh, here. Is it eight kilometers?
1: And how, how's the week going? Because this is a, a new thing. You want this to develop, don't you, over the next few years?
4: Yeah, uh, this is the, the the road I want uh, I want put inside the, the the new the new classic for me because it's uh, similar to, to to Belgium, but uh, I think the road is better. The the place uh, I think is more more beautiful to see. And uh, I think in two or three years is, uh, is possible. is uh, is a big event because a good good road and uh, and a good uh, good place for uh, for looking for uh, for enjoying
1: the life. Always at this time of year, or would you like to have a uh, different, maybe earlier in the year? Yes, um, it's, uh,
4: it's different, but uh, I think it's uh, uh, it's better. I like this because it's my my place when I I'm, I'm born, and uh, I loving this uh, this place and for. For this, I want to put in the big race uh, for the for the guys, for the people, because uh, 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 we are loving the, love the cycling, and uh, I think uh, is the best place for uh, for running ride the
1: bike. Yeah, it's very nice. Tomorrow, I think is the race that you're most looking forward to, isn't it? That's kind of the is that the race that's closest to your heart. Yeah, is in the final. It's very hard because
4: uh, I have to take closer to the, the race and for the final, and uh, it's so much. A uh, slow, uh, slow uh, climb for
1: uh, for the for the final. But uh, the last uh, 16 kilometers is very, very hard. And we've still got a, a hard climb today. How are you? I mean, are you riding your bike much now in retirement? <laughs>
4: yeah, I ride normally these for the training, and for these I want to put in the race. Uh, so we're going gonna... to think
1: it's very, very good for the race. So we're going to look for a, an attack from Pedata on the climb today.
4: No, no, it's not possible. You're, I don't have legs for uh,
1: for attack today. Yeah,
4: it's <laughs> only for eating and for the drink today.
1: <laughs> well, we're coming back into the fortified town of Cittadella, just riding around the the walls just now, and it's been 113 kilometers. Um, after the the rest stop, the refreshment stop, we uh, we tackled the climb the La Rosilla which was very hard. Kind of mini Alp Duez, some hairpins. Very mini, but pretty tough. Um, true to the the word and spirit of Pozzato, Cancellara and Basso went to the front and a few others formed a, a line across the front to prevent anybody from going too fast up there, which was quite nice. It was very controlled. I must say it's been a very controlled ride all day, um, fast, not, not slow, but it hasn't broken into groups, it hasn't turned into a race. I must say I did the Flanders World Championship Sportiva a few weeks ago and it very much did turn into a race, lots of groups all over the place. This has been, as I say, not been hanging around but stuck together as a group and it never turned into a race. We're just coming under the finishing banner here, so yeah, something a bit different and uh, Pazzato got his wish it wasn't a race it was a bit of fun
7: here
1: we are basso has been spotted I came in on his
0: wheel. Vediamo, è arrivato già da Borgate e si è aggiudicata la classifica per quanto riguarda la cronoscalata della Tisa al femminile. Raggiunge così, abbiamo modo di
1: Oh, now we get our finishers medal.
0: Lovely. Guy, I um, we
1: finished. We made it. Uh, how was the how was your ride from the from the refreshment stop afterwards? That was quite a quite a tough climb, wasn't it? Brazil. Yeah. It was hard
7: and uh, there was a hail that was announced that I was no I knew it was coming but there were several small climbs not indicated and they were very very hard. There's a steep one, wasn't there? Yes, really was really steep. A steep one. There was there was a very short one. <laughs> I don't know I I think it's about 20%. Uh,
1: well, what did you think earlier on of the the cobbled climb? Very Flandrian. Yes, uh the coppenberg uh, word
7: it's look alike from the coppenberg yeah yeah or the paterberg yeah, yeah. very apart from your spill though an enjoyable event yes because it's all as i said all italian atmosphere i've never seen this in flanders they're offering during the race there was a stop on the mountain and they're offering some splits and some offering some prosecco all the italian way <laughs> And they're still chatting
1: yeah i haven't stopped talking all day <laughs> yeah all the way i'm waiting to have a word with Ivan basso here but he just keeps talking he hasn't stopped talking all day i'll let i'll leave you to find the medical thank post you. thank you Man, you've been, i've been running behind you a lot of today you've been chatting a lot a lot of the ride there but uh did you enjoy that today
8: yes yes it's nice because uh many of these uh, people uh there are uh, fans when uh, when uh, i am a professional uh, rider so today you have uh, a possibility to share time together smile together ride together eat together drink together so it's a uh, one ci- one part of the cycling uh, um, nicer to to split time together on the bike you get to
1: ride your bike a lot these days you're b- busy running your team
8: yeah uh, the- I don't tell you how many K I do because I'm not, uh, uh, I don't feel okay when I say the number. I just say I do more kilometer running than bike, so it's not good.
1: That doesn't make me feel good because you went up the climbs quicker than me today, but I guess that's to be expected. Um, and you're a friend of potatoes as well. Do you like what he's put together here this week of, of racing at the end of the year, do you think? I mean, we've been very lucky with the weather, obviously, but do you think this has got the potential to grow into something important in the Italian calendar?
8: Yeah, I think people make uh, a fantastic work. It's a, a, a cycling, a, a week cycling uh, event in in Veneto, in this region, uh, and you can share professional uh, race with uh, uh, Gran Fondo Gravel. So it's a, a very important week for the cycling in Italy and also in Veneto, especially in Veneto.
1: And your team, are they, uh, they've been support. they were riding the other day, are they riding tomorrow as well?
8: Yes, we ride tomorrow, last uh, race of the year.
1: And uh, how are plans uh, proceeding for next year? Because you're stepping up next year, aren't you, the team?
8: Well, we have um, b- uh, more budget, but uh, we we want to to grow up uh, slowly and uh, and follow the the. Uh, the time and not not uh, run too fast.
1: You must be happy with this year, though. I mean, the stage at the Giro was probably the highlight, but you must be pleased with how the team's done.
8: Yeah, we we are happy because we do a fantastic season, uh, uh, more than one we, what we expect. But it's uh, you're already is still old. We have to mm. think in the new one. I was admiring
1: your bike as well. I mean. Um, this is your your own brand of bike, yes. isn't it, brand. And,
8: uh, me and Alberto, uh, we are happy because we we build up a company. It's a young company, but uh, uh, with uh, we 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 put in this bike uh, all our experience uh, with the engineer and designer to do one uh, one of the best bike for us. And it's a bunch. very
1: nice looking machine. It makes up for the lack of kilometers, does it? Yes. <laughs> Well, I came into the finish there, riding behind Ivan Basso who was riding in with a former professional, now commentator, uh, Giada Borgato, who featured in A Kilometre Zero during the Giro d'Italia. She's, uh, I think, the first female co-commentator on Italian television on Rai. So she's working this week as well, but let's catch up with her and see what she thought of the ride. So here we are, we just finished in Cittadella. Yeah. Did you enjoy the ride today?
5: Of course, it's been a great day with the champions, with Ivan Basso, with Fabian Cancellara, uh, Daniele Bennati and Alessandro Ballan. And I, I'm here, I start this morning at 8.30 and it's a sunny day, it's a super day. We had fun, we... It's perfect, perfect day for a bike ride.
1: And you're working here, commentating on the races as well, I yeah, guess.
5: Yes, yeah. I commentated the Giro del Veneto, the Serenissima Gravel, and tomorrow the Veneto Classics also, yeah. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't do this uh, night, uh, nice ride uh, today in the Gran Fondo.
1: The Rosina was hard, I thought.
5: Yeah, also the Tisa. Tisa is yeah. short, but it's really steep and really really hard but today it was fun tomorrow for the for the guys it's not going to be fun i think
1: And is that finally the end of your season tomorrow
5: yeah tomorrow is the last one then uh, everybody goes on holiday the cyclists me too and maybe we we will see next season
1: and we'll hopefully see you back here in veneto next year
5: yeah of course and i live here in veneto so these are my roads when i was cyclist i used to training here also in this area even if i'm from Padova. but yeah i will always ride in this area in this beautiful country and i hope i hope you too
1: i enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, i'll be back next year as well
5: <laughs> of course and i will be here too
1: I mentioned Azolo where we went yesterday, climbed the hill and uh, missed out on the the historic centre which is absolutely beautiful when I went to visit it this morning very nice ride this morning the the, the nicest ride of the week for me in the kind of the foothills of Monte Grappa off to my left, I mean Monte Grappa and the, and the, the Alps kind of begin and um, you're into serious mountains uh, and it's, it's feast or famine as far as climbing goes because you've got these Huge mountains that sort of tower over Bassano del Grappa and Azolo and then just plains, pan flat plains all the way to Venice. So it's you're either riding on pan flat roads or very serious mountains. But the ride to Azolo kind of skirted the, the foothills of Monte Grappa for me and there is a cycling link I found because I I, I spotted from some of the, the names of the roads there that, that the English poet Robert Browning once lived in Asolo and he, he lived in a building that is now the Hotel Villa Cipriani. And there's a cycling link here because in 2012 that building was bought by Massimo Zanetti who is the head of Segafredo, the coffee company who of course wants to trek Segafredo it's now a hotel so if you go and stay in the Hotel Villa Cipriani which is a beautiful building um, there's a, a link with the English poet Robert Browning and the head of uh, Segafredo Coffee Company so there you go but well, we're watching the Veneto Classic in its closing stages here as they race towards Bassano del Grappa they're going to finish on the On the Nure Bridge not the Ponte Vecchio and it's been an exciting race I mean, the Vino has huge plans for this race. He wants it to become a proper classic. Hence the distance is over 200 kilometers despite being so late in the year, and some pretty serious climbs.
8: So let's see if it can live up to the, uh,
1: the billing that Pozzato is determined to give it. Well, Lionel, that was me and Veneto. Earlier on in the episode we heard from the two of us at Paris Bay, or certainly closer to Rebe than Paris, uh, as we tackled some of the Pave. I'm sure we'll be back there, but I won't be hurrying personally. Um but it was great fun to relive it in the in earlier in the episodes, I think. Um more fun to relive it in audio form than to to actually ride it I think on reflection.
2: I'm surprised Richard you didn't thrive on the pavé. I mean, you know, with the power you're putting out Be- at the moment being a
1: big unit, you no, mean. No,
2: I was I wasn't going to say that, but I mean you're 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 tall, you're well, you're you're in the, the mould of the the roubaix type riders, not quite as tall as Magnus Bax did, a former winner of Paris-Roubaix, who um was, well, well over six foot, but you're not far off. I thought that would be your territory, but perhaps these days the new slim down Richard Moore much happier on the climbs of Veneto, clearly.
1: Mm. Well, that's, uh, yeah, let's not get carried away. I mean, uh, we also heard my experience on gravel. I I describe myself as a gravel skeptic. Um, uh, I'd say maybe less skeptical, but still uncertain about the advantages of a gravel bike over a mountain bike i love riding my mountain bike um, on tracks and trails uh, and i really enjoyed the day on the gravel bikes but i felt that on some of the more technical sections the gravel bike felt less secure and safe than my mountain bike and so maybe my bike handling skills just aren't up to it but great fun and it's going to be really interesting to see where gravel racing goes um, because that was billed as the first professional gravel race. There was a bit of disquiet afterwards about the fact there wasn't a women's race and there were no women's races that week in Veneto. Um, I think they would like to add them next year. Uh, but the the gravel race was, was an interesting one and that, that to see how that develops over the next few years is going to be fascinating, I think.
2: Indeed. Well, we'll go off on some more adventures on road and a bit of gravel and possibly not the pave in future episodes of explore
1: well there's lots to look forward to in this mini series um, which uh, sort of kick starts or kick reboots the explore series and i'm sure we'll be back with more over the winter so we look forward to mark bowman's audio diary next week and for now that's all from us thank you very much Lila. thanks richard